Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? De Niro B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're going to talk marketing. We're going to talk about it with Kurt Cushino. Kurt is the founder and CEO of Hype Life Brands, a progressive brand development and marketing agency helping disruptive B2C lifestyle startups engage the millennial generation. Since Hype Life brand's inception in 2001, and yes, 2001, 20 years, guys, Kurt's team has consistently employed a highly progressive approach to creating powerful, engaging brands and fundable startups while employing a heavy focus on long-term ROI. Without further ado, let's get right into the interview. All right, Kurt, again, thanks a lot for being on the Remote CEO show today. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Awesome to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, I always ask all my guests to really break down a bit their story before they became entrepreneurs and you know how uh, they turn out to be entrepreneurs. Mm, good question. Yeah, let me, uh, I'll try to touch on that and be as, as quick as I can. So my life, I feel like I've, I feel like I was kind of born into entrepreneurship. It's just been a part of me. Um, I grew up in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, uh, you know, where the, the chiefs in the world are in yeah. the Midwest. And I grew up an only child. Um, I come from a line of actually from line of engineers on both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. So there was always this technical thoroughness, you could almost say, kind of baked into my DNA. And then, uh, you know, creativity and as, as myself, I've just kind of developed as a I had a lot of free time on when I was young and so and alone time because I was the only child. I didn't have a brother like, you know, pulling my hair all day long. And mm-hmm. so I was just creating stuff from nothing from the earliest days. And I was very into technical things. And my dad was a mechanical engineer turned software engineer. So there was like a summer where he gave me a like a programming book, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. why don't you do this? And I was like, oh, C or basically, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, and I dinked around with it and I was like, hey, I get it, you know, so I'm writing little programs and stuff. And then um, I ended up having a mowing business. Um, I had a band, I was designing, uh, I was writing, recording, producing, booking studio time, playing shows, promoting bands and shows before I could even drive a car. Like my dad would drive me to my shows with my amp in the back. So I've just always had this spirit of like, like loving the idea of creating something from nothing. And, and uh, instead of just kind of going the, the standard route or the status quo or like, oh, you know, I need to get out of college and get a 40 hour a week office job. And that's just what you do. You know, it's like, there's a better way. Um, and so that's just led me my, my journey from, you know, 2001, 2002, graduating college and, and actually starting this agency. You know, I still remember 
working on the initial components of this thing and what it was going to be when I was in like my college apartment, my senior year. And that's really when I started it. And, uh, and that's led me my journey from Kansas city to then expanding to Los Angeles. And now, you know, everything is in still in Southern California, but just a little bit farther South and actually in Oceanside and our office is in downtown Oceanside. And I can see the ocean from there. It's like just such a sense of it's never lost on me. And it's, it's such a sense of accomplishment, you know, and I don't take that for granted. And I don't want, you know, my kids to take it for granted because I didn't grow up like Oceanside is a place people come to vacation. So it's always surreal to me to think people save up their entire year to come here yeah. for two weeks. And I live in this vacation, you know, even though, I mean, I, I work all day, I work all day yeah. long, but you know, it's like, we live in that. And, and I don't, that's such a blessing. And it's just like a, a testament to like a, a long twisting, winding journey that I've been on. And, you know, I've been blessed to meet amazing people along the way and never been without challenges for sure. And that's yeah. a, such a thing, you know, common theme for entre- entrepreneurship. It's never easy. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the story of entrepreneurship for me. So I feel like it's baked in my DNA at the end of the day. And I feel like people either, it's like you are, or you aren't, you know, it's not something you read about to figure out how to do. You either have that like spirit and like, I'm a Taurus, you know, so you have that spirit, like I'm going to, I'm going to knock through this wall or I'm going to move this wall completely to somewhere else. And I'm going to do it this way because I know how, and I can, and we can figure out any problem. Um, on you know that comes our way so yeah for sure you know you said a couple of things that really really resonated with me the first thing you said some people save for entire year to go where you live just for just two weeks uh and you say you feel on vacation but at the same time you work every day but that's the whole point of working you know uh, and being an entrepreneur and even for me that i am a remote ceo and for you that you Mm -hmm. have an office but you again open it where you want it to be you know, working is just something that you do because you, you love what you do. You love the idea of building your business, but where you build it, where you are while you do it, makes a huge difference in your morale and the way that mm-hmm. you see the world and your business, it's, you know, the business itself. So it's awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you build brands, you build brands and with, uh, with attention to, you know, millennials. And I want to understand what that means and how millennials are uh, purchasing and, and building brands at this point and, and how you help them. Sure, sure. Yeah, so what we do here at my agency, uh, Hype Life Brands, which I started in 2001. So this 2021, this year, uh, coming out of COVID here is our 20-year anniversary, which is amazing. And it's kind of, yeah. that's also surreal. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so I started the agency in 2001 and here we are 20 years later. So our specialization at High Five France here is we are a brand development, progressive brand development and marketing agency. And we specialize in building, launching and growing startups that are tuned for the millennial generation. So we have a really big focus on B2C, D2C, consumer facing startups. We've worked with some very large companies on the B2B side. We've had great success over there. Um, and we still are open to doing that these days, but our real focus is on the consumer side. Um, and so we also have a very deep specialization in understanding how to market to and engage millennials and understanding this generation. Cause I, I had noticed that 
continuously growing theme in who our clients were going after and who their unique buying tribes were. But also I noticed that this generation, which I'm a, I'm an elder millennial. I'm on the very edge. Even some people have called it like the Zennial edge, but we go off of anybody born 1980 or later is, is millennial. Um, and basically I had noticed just such a divide between how millennials exist and, you know, half of, at least half of them have grown up digitally native. Like I didn't grow up digitally native, but I did grow up kind of on like the internet curve. So in the earliest days, my dad had the TRS-80 and we had the AOL. And before yeah. that we had CompuServe, you know, it's so like, I love that show Halt and Catch Fire because I feel like I lived, I lived in that. Um, and so just helping our clients, like, how do you communicate with this generation? It's like none other that has come before. Um, and there's a huge divide. So we've had some, some big dances with some very big uh, companies out there who are just like, they have all the resources in the world, but they don't understand how to be authentic and, you know, build organic brand advocates with this generation. So, so we help our clients from a lot of times our clients are founders, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs with, you know, they've got a big idea. Um, they've had some success in life earlier, but this, they want to really give this a, a push and they're able to bring, you know, that capital to the table to basically engage our agency, which is a, you know, more or less like a Navy SEALs as opposed to an army. So kind of like a, a Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL style specialized team. And we build everything from brand strategy to go to market plan to all the creative. We've won tons of awards for creative, our creative work. Um, and then we handle all of the technical side of things as well. So technical development apps, web applications, websites, all the stuff that goes into being present online. Mm -hmm. And then we launch that thing to market and then we grow it from ground zero. So we, we aren't really working very often with, you know, like the Coca-Colas of the world. We're working with founders and entrepreneurs where we can have a huge impact and we're kind of like almost an augment to their team, which often is, is no one. They just have, it's just the founder. And so we're a, a kind of like a out of house brand management, marketing, advertising and tech powerhouse or Swiss army knife for them. So and we pay a lot of attention to building that customer traction and making sure that all the work we've done up to that point with millennials always as a key unite, unique buying tribe, making sure that our messaging, our imagery, how we're communicating everything, engaging the community, managing a community. Because um, even if you have just a straight retail brand, you still have a community. Like there are certain brands that I, I just, I love. I love giving them my money because I'm, I'm so about what they're making or they're doing or what's out there. And that's why we have that, that focus around millennials and lifestyle brands because we were already doing it well before millennials became a media talking point. Um, so we've just really clarified even our own agency's positioning in that this is what we do <clears throat> amazingly well. And we cover a lot of terrain, you know, so we're not just doing little two month marketing campaigns here. I mean, we're building, we're building businesses, you know, we're building brands. Awesome. I wanted to ask you something about, uh, you know, COVID. I mean, you do have an office makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. however, 
I'm sure that in the past year, things have changed a bit uh, for you as well. Do you have any remote work component within the, the uh, your agency? If so, how are you managing it? And do you find it that's becoming more useful or, or, or less useful basically to have a uh, either a full remote team or a hybrid <clears throat> component? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I started my agency uh, 20 years ago and we have almost always, I would say probably since probably about four years in five years, maybe um, started to add a team member here or there uh, that didn't come into the office. So when I started the agency, we had a, I guess you could say a more traditional model in Kansas city um, and hired about one a year. At some point we got up to about five or six, I think it's five or six team members. And then we, there was a need, I don't even remember what it was right now. Um, but ended up doing that both with adding a few people remotely, but also even our clients. Like we've worked with clients all over the U S since the beginning. And we really don't work internationally, but um, work with clients all over the U S. So even working with our clients, like we are remote to them. Um, and you know, yeah, some clients say fly in to meet with us. Uh, we've flown out a couple times here and there. We fl flew out to meet with Adult Swim. Um, we work with them. We had a client in Texas, flew down there, a couple, you know, a few team members to meet. But most of the time, you know, we've set up our process and how we work with them and how we help them. You know, we're able to do everything remotely. So, you know, COVID hasn't necessarily rocked our boat too hard in that department. Um, just because in the last economic uh, challenge we had in the housing market crash and the recession, we, I, I always try to learn something in these things. And that's the entrepreneur part of me to this day, you know, the constant student. You have to be a constant student. And I just, I just am. And I remember my dad was the same way um, growing up as well. You know, he'd be watching TV, but he'd be reading and studying books on programming and tech and whatever, like every single night. Um, and he never stopped that until he retired. So, so for us, we've always had that remote component in the mix. And over time, we've done everything. I, I say I've done everything and I've made most of the mistakes you can make. So we were up to probably like 12 people on payroll up into the housing market crash and the recession. I didn't have to let anybody go, but a few people did leave during that time. Um, nobody got laid off, but a few people had to leave. And then started to look at those roles and go, do we really need this person here? Like, you know, yeah, we have an admin assistant, for example, like, but the, our office, <laughs> our office was so clean and organized anyway, that it wasn't like a, some sort of chaotic, it wasn't like, you know, you watch, uh, you know, the office or something on TV. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, really look at these roles and go, do we need this, this role here? Like, is this, this money could be put elsewhere and these resources could be focused elsewhere. So over time, I think we went from, heavy, heavy all on payroll, localized to the region we were in, coming into the office model to kind of a, a hybrid middle point um, where we have localized, specialized team. But at the same time, you got to understand with remote working and, and we're kind of a unique animal too, I do have to say. But so we have a, a predominantly senior team, highly specialized, you know, everybody I say, I like to say everybody has a superpower in addition yeah. to what their main focus is, but those people aren't all almost never all in the same geography, you know? So we have an amazing like testing in QA engineer, for example, but I haven't met one of those in 
San Diego County or Southern California. He was in Germany, you know, and I'm 50% German, by the way. So I like that too, uh, but, but he's, he's phenomenal. Like, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, well, he's in Germany. He can't work with our team. What does that matter? You know? And I've always given our, our staff the flexibility to, to kind of work on their own schedule. Like, Hey, even in those coming in, even in our LA office, I'm uh, one of our developers, Anthony, you know, was like, Hey, I want to go over here. I'm going to go climb this mountain or something. And I'm, I say, great, man, do it. You know, as long as your stuff's done on time and you get your work done, I don't care if you're hanging off the side of a mountain, you know, like, cool, good for you. Go do it. You know, like live your life. And so that's even where even having millennials as a part, some of them are millennials in our workforce, our team, yeah. understanding how to manage them and give them the freedom to work remotely and on their kind of give them that flexibility in their lifestyle. Cause I think work life balance is, is absolutely critical for being happy just in, in life in general and healthy. Um, you know, and I, I've seen people who work those 40 hour jobs in the cubicle farm and, uh, I don't think they have the same kind of freedom and happiness that any of my, my team has ever had. So, so yeah, so we've landed on that. Yes, we have an office downtown Oceanside. Um, you know, we've got an amazing space. There's a video on our site. You kind of get a little glimpse of it. Lots of natural light. I love it. Um, but, and some of our team were coming in until COVID hit. And then at that point, it was just like, okay, well, everybody that's remote will stay remote. And those who are coming in, like take the, take the iMac, you know, take everything, just go home, save your gas money. We'll figure this out. We're already set up to work remotely anyways. We use, you know, a lot of the common tools like Slack and Basecamp to get things done and go through review cycles and all that. So, so we're already set up to be remote with clients and with team. And, you know, thankfully while COVID is, is a surreal sort of situation yeah. that we've all lived through, um, you know, the rem- my belief in a, even a partially remote workforce is just like, why not? There's nothing wrong with that at all. Awesome. Awesome. I uh, wanted to talk about uh, branding a bit with you. And uh, I mean, you've done a lot of it in the past 20 years. And by the way, again, I can't say, you know, congrats enough because nowadays with people, you know, talking about, I have so much experience. And then you ask her, how many years? Like four years. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we hear that all the time, especially on social media and whatnot. So 20 years in the market, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to branding, you were talking about before the difference between brand and branding. I really wanted mm. you to dive in a bit deeper into that concept one second, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Um, so the way that when we say brand development, um, as a brand development and marketing agency, branding is a piece of the brand. Brand is like, is that intangible, um, I kind of look at it like, you know, sort of a sci-fi orb, if you will, of what people perceive and how they perceive your business. Like we always say startups, you know, but, and I think startup is like a sexy term, but like you're building a business. We are building a business for our clients. And if they have an existing company or brand and they maybe sometimes want to make a spinoff brand or a new product or you know, they have brand extensions. Like that's where we come in as well. Um, but brand is what you're really putting out into the world and how you are connected to your why, W-H-Y, yeah. first and foremost, and how you show that 
to the world. You know, we say, uh, you know, sh- should I tell this even to my kids? Like, show me, don't tell me, yeah. show me. And so branding really is a much smaller component of that. And that's when we hear branding, we think of colors and my logo and things like that, you know, and, and a, we call it a brand mark, you know, but, but that I think over time has become such a smaller component because there's so much more now uh, that there's, there's so much more out there now that you have to deal with like social media, even just as one piece of marketing, you know, it's, it's imagery, it's copy. We talk about messaging and how do you, how do you not just show, or how do you not just tell people, but how do you show them? And that even includes what you say, which is really business positioning. So branding is kind of like a sliver of a 40 piece pie, or if we say it's a, you know, it's like a symphony, you know, branding is like, you know, the, the, you know, first, first couple chairs of a couple instruments type of thing. So you can have an amazing logo, you could have an amazing website, but if you don't, if you're not talking about your brand, engaging your community and basically living out what your brand is really about, um, it's not going to work. You know, so that's what sometimes people come to us and say, oh, well, we need a logo and a website. It's like, well, hold on, let's back up. Let's, Let's talk about what are you creating? Like, what is a business? What is it? What's the concept here? What's that, that big idea that this startup is about? And so branding, <laughs> sorry, go downstairs and tell grandpa. Sorry, man. Yeah, no worries. My three-year-old decided to come in here and go pee. So <laughs> that's like, <laughs> um, remotely, man. you're close to your family. Exactly. So so brand is really the thing that what people would say about your business, your company, your startup, whatever you want to call it, when you're not in the room. And that goes far beyond branding, you know, which is those color palettes, those logos, the, yeah. you know, your, your user interface, your, what your website looks like, all that. All the branding is the more tangible piece of, of brand. Yeah, I was talking to actually to 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 uh, to a you know someone that's very that a marketing professional like you and I, but and you were talking about this exact in, in, in the way that brand is the personality and the persona around your business and a set of consistent values that come with it, and the mm-hmm. branding is more you know what you say and how you dress. It's not everything. It's just those two or three things are tangible that you can see right away, but they mm-hmm. don't go much deeper than that. Uh, right, right. We're, we're having an awesome conversation. Uh, my listeners generally stick to about 30 minutes and then they're busy entrepreneurs themselves. So yeah, uh, I want to know what are you working on right now that's exciting that you want to share with us? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say probably one of the most exciting things we've been working on. We're about two years in now. Um, we've been working with a founder out of New York City, New Jersey area. Uh, he was a former um record you know music business exec type and uh he's been working in corporate america after that but uh, we've been building a global online music community um called huddle music it's h-u-d-l music.com uh, and we've uh started from the very very beginning he had a vision for really building something that would help independent artists and musicians effectively Uh, communicate, collaborate with each other, but also be able to more easily connect with fans because as we have social media has grown, 
Um, it's also very, as you, I'm sure you know, very crowded, noisy space. Everybody in the world is pushing their thing out there. And this is a much more focused, uh, you know, global music community where independent musicians can share new work, new releases, tour dates. They could collaborate with each other. We, we're already seeing it um, in the community now and also playing nice and complimenting all the other all the other sites that are out there and platforms, you know, but, but the, all those platforms, even like SoundCloud, they only do one thing. So if you've ever been in music and I actually have a, a pretty deep background in music myself, I full well know that it literally takes about 12 different logins, websites, SoundCloud, Twitter, MixCloud, um, Instagram now, Facebook, on and on and on and on and on. And then you've got your distribution. So you got to log into maybe your, your, your distro kit account or your TuneCore account. I mean, it's just, it's, everything is siloed. Everything is disconnected. And so Huddle Music is bringing all these components together and making it easier for you to manage all that stuff in kind of a centralized place. So we, uh, and so when he, when LaShawn uh, approached us about engaging our agency, we just got a really good uh, rapport with each other and, um, I just fully got the vision for this thing. And I always get the vision for the startup uh, when it, you know, when I think it's, it's well positioned to do well. And this was very pre COVID, by the way, I want to mention that. So, so we've been able to, we built this thing from the ground up where we've won several awards. I just got word on Monday. I think we won a San Diego Addy award for uh, the 32nd, uh, spot video spot that we did for the brand that's been rolling out on youtube and ads and stuff like that um but yeah we've we've built a web application ios app we built the brand the messaging and imagery um email marketing like all those things you know if you go to highfivebrands.com you can see our services like we've done all that pr uh influencer marketing pretty much everything you can think of also getting the startup ready for fundraising as well because we're kind of at that place now where we've got it launched we've got it in market we're growing it steady we've got about 25 to 30 percent month over month user base growth from literally ground zero um and we have that track record now over six months because uh, we've been at market for at least six months probably more like seven or eight um and uh yeah, so we're seeing that we're we're building a, another component into this thing that will be the monetization play, so that the business, the startup, but the business can eventually sustain itself and give artists even more tools for their tool belt. Some tools that they're already using now, but again, they might have three different domains and or, or yeah. platforms that they have to go deal with, and it's bringing it all together. So uh, a term convergence, if you're familiar with that. So that's probably one of the most exciting things. Um, and then there's a whole podcaster arm that we're building that's already there now. So podcasters can join to independent artists, musicians, bands, DJs, even dancers, anybody that's a part of making music from, again, that theme, the, the seed of the idea, the idea, all the way to bringing that song, that album, that EP to market uh, are all the type of users that are joining already. Um, so so that's probably the most exciting thing we've been working on and it's been it's been fun and we got a lot of work ahead of us but uh that's that's been uh pretty amazing to see this all come together we've had a team of about 14 of us uh working on this thing like nonstop. so 
Awesome, man. Yeah. And I would love for you to be back on the show in the future when everything is, you know, ready to launch and, and actually after it launches to see how it goes, actually. Yeah. It's live. It's live now. It's live now. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see this. I'm going to have the link in the uh, show notes for my listeners uh, to go okay. and check it out. So uh, awesome. I, I want to check it out myself. Um, but Kurt, it was great having you at the Remote CEO show. Before you go, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me so much. Um, yeah, you can reach out to me. You can look me up on uh, Happy to Connect on LinkedIn. Um, my name is C-U-R-T, and my last name is C-U-S-C-I-N-O. Again, that's C-U-S-C-I-N-O. You can look me up there. You can hit up hypelifebrands.com, H-Y-P-E-L-I-F-E, brands.com. We've got a little... Uh, chat block there you can uh hit up and in m many cases i will actually personally answer those so you're not talking to somebody and uh you know not that remote's bad but <laughs> probably be talking to me um yeah. you can also e you can also email me at kurt c-u-r-t at highflyfriends.com awesome kurt again thanks a lot and uh we'll chat soon awesome thank you so much And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.